0: Pastor preached on this passage once, and he's God has led me here again for us again tonight. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. That's astonishing that some of these disciples doubted. It's astonishing how weak our faith is, isn't it? Verse 18: Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then verse 19 and 20, we often refer to these as the Great Commission or the Global Gospel Initiative. Jesus said in verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things Whatsoever I have commanded you And lo, I am with you always Even unto the end of the world Amen I was out in Norfolk, Virginia The largest populated city In Virginia, Norfolk And I was having a tent meeting And I was on the most populated area Densest area Ward's Corner And we had gotten permission from a uh, property owner to set the tent up. And all around the tent were apartment buildings. And so I'm going through all the apartment buildings. So I've just been in this apartment building. I'm walking out, and the manager of the apartment building came rushing out. She came out and said, you can't do this. I said, well, ma'am, I, I just finished. I said, but you must understand, I've been commissioned to do this. I said, by the way, when I went through there, I picked up pizza boxes and threw in the trash. I I helped tidy up your place. I talked nice to all of your people. I said, seven of your people were underneath the tent last night. I said, if all of your tenants got saved, you'd have a better uh, apartment complex. She said, you've been commissioned to do this? I said, yes, ma'am, I've been commissioned to do this. I was not being a smart aleck. We should never represent the Lord as a smart aleck. Would you all agree with that? No, don't do that. But that's what God had me say to her when she came and said, you can't do this. I said, I've just finished, but I've been commissioned to do this. I thought of this passage right here. We have been commissioned. Have we not? You know, I'm not trying to break laws or anything like that, but God has launched us forth. I was sitting on an airplane and I was talking to the fellow beside me. His name is Bruce. Bruce's life was a a bungled mass of confusion. He had just spent 94 days in jail. A young man, less than 30 years old, named Bruce. And so while we're on the plane, I began preaching to him. And Bruce, just before we landed in Philadelphia, about six minutes before we landed, he called on the Lord to save him in front of everybody there. As we were just about to land... The worker on the airline came by and said, you've talked about personal things this entire trip. That's what the worker said to me. You've talked about personal things on this entire trip. I said, are you rebuking everybody on this plane for talking about personal things or just me? I shouldn't have said it that way because I kind of snapped back at him. I made sure I was the last guy to get off the plane. I went and sought that fella out, the worker that I'd kind of fussed with. So I should not have spoke exactly that way. You know, sometimes you just, we're weak, aren't we? You don't know what to say. And I i said something, you know. Brother Fox gonna say something, you know. <laughs> and I, I said, I was i was back there praying, dear God, forgive me, I shouldn't have said that to him. I was so happy that Bruce had gotten saved and and it was kind of ugly what the man had said to me, and he was not rebuking everybody else for talking about it, but he is upset that he had seen a convert. And I think he took exception at seeing a conversion. So I waited, I let the last guy off the plane, I said, Sir, I want to apologize. I said, I, I think I didn't use the right tones with you, and I think I probably snapped. I said, I, I shouldn't have done that. I said, I am not apologizing for what I did because you must understand, I've been commissioned to do this. I must tell folks about Jesus. And he was apologizing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He was apologizing to me and so forth. But friends, we have been commissioned, have we not? It's always appropriate to talk about the Lord to everybody. Always, it always fits. Praising God always fits. Pointing folk to Jesus always fits. And here we find the last words of Jesus Christ. Recorded in the Bible, the final words that he gives to his disciples while on the earth. If you want to know what matters to somebody, just listen to them. You'll find out what matters to them. They'll talk about it. If men in this room really like weapons... Oh, they'll be talking about them. Man, you should see this brand new 40 I got. It's a Smithfield. I got me 700 rounds of ammo with it. I mean, the guy will talk about it. Ladies, are like, you need to see this new vacuum cleaner I got. No, the ladies do not do that. Unless it's one of those robot ones. You know what I'm saying? I bought one of those from my wife, and then I bought one from my mother in law. They do like that kind of vacuum, I can tell you. They're expensive, but man, they're nice. Yeah. But, ladies, what are you talking about? Jewelry? addresses, whatever matters to a lady, she will talk about it. Sir, just listen. You can find out what she wants you to get. If you'll listen, you'll find out what she wants. Well, we see what matters to Jesus. The title of the sermon tonight is What Matters to Jesus. Jesus, what is it that matters to Jesus? Well, in this passage, of course, just in a few introductory thoughts, uh, number one is winning folk to Christ matters. Uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father and Son. Winning folk to Christ matters. Our church must always be trying to win folk to Christ, but then secondly, baptizing them. We must baptize our converts if we want to be in obedience to the Lord, I led Jesse James to Christ. <laughs> you probably didn't know that. I've led a lot of famous people to Christ. Well, they had the same name as some famous. I led Jerry Lewis to Christ. Yeah, different Jerry Lewis. Can you imagine naming your son Jerry Lewis? Well, this guy was named Jerry Lewis. I've seen a lot of, <laughs> I've seen Madonna saved. I've seen Elvis saved. I've seen a lot of famous people saved. Um, different ones, though, than what you're thinking about. And so, um, Jesse James. Man, he got saved. I took him through that, that book, Pastor, that uh, um, Bible Truth for New Believers, that little booklet. And he, wanted, he didn't know even how to pronounce the word tithe. He was, trying, he was trying to pronounce it. I said, that's pronounced tithe. He got that. He was a business owner. The, that was on Tuesday night. Wednesday, he brought a big offering to the church. And I, I, I want to get in on this tithing. I mean, all that. But he said to me, he said, now one thing God is, Jesse James said, one thing God's going to have to understand about Is this baptism? He said, because I almost drowned as a boy, and I'm scared of water. He said, I can't even take a bath. I have to take showers. He said, said, God's just going to have to understand about that. I said, Jesse, you're never going to be truly obedient to God unless you get baptized. I said, it's not me. This is not God's suggestion. This is God's command. See, hey, you know God doesn't give suggestions, right? Right? God gives divine imperatives. They are commands. And Jesse, you're just going to have to get baptized. He said, I can't do it. Finally, after days and weeks of talking about this baptism, he finally said, all right, I'll tell you what. I'll let your pastor baptize me, but I'm going to fight him all the way down. It's just going to happen. I'm going to fight him all the way up. It's going to happen. So my pastor got up there to baptize Jesse. explained the situation that... He's had a near-death experience with water, he's scared, he's nervous, but tonight he's gonna to try to get baptized. <laughs> and we're, we're here to do this because Jesse wants to obey God. And we get him down in there and, and Jesse was trembling. Here's a grown man, a business owner, successful man, trembling because of this. And true to his word, he fought preacher all the way down and fought him all the way up too. And our church is not this real applauding church at every, at every turn, but man, it was like standing ovation that night. You know what I'm saying? We were so thankful that Jesse had went as you, as a lot of folks would kind of the extra mile to serve God and to obey God. Well, this is God's command. This is Jesus' orders to us. And so, this missions month, let's remember what we're to do. When folks. Baptized folk. Back in August, I was telling Pastor, I was telling Brother Pastor Brian, uh, I was out door knocking in August. I was out door knocking and had a fellow with me named Doug. Me and Doug were out door knocking. And as we're we're going, I get a text on my phone saying, door knocking doesn't work. I'm out door knocking when I get the text. I said to Doug, Doug's 60 something years old, I said, Doug, let's get a selfie. And I held it up there and took a selfie and I texted it to this preacher who had said to me, by text, that door knocking doesn't work. I sent it back to him, I said, Doug and I are out door knocking now. I said, a year ago I led Doug to Christ on door knocking and now he's out here with me. And during the course of that five days of door knocking, Doug led his first soul to Christ. And I got to baptize. So the pastor had gotten cancer and he was having troubles and he had me baptized that week and I'm always happy to baptize. And I got to baptize a convert of a young, a man who had led his first soul to Christ. Baptism is still right to do. Baptism is not the second half of salvation. We've all talked about that, but it is obedience It's obedience to these last instructions that Jesus gave the disciples. Number one, we win folk. Number two, we baptize folk. And then we teach them. Look at at, uh, verse uh, uh, number 20. Teaching them. Oh yeah, our church, part of our mission is to actually teach the great truths of this Bible. I am stunned at how little some people know of the Bible. They've not been taught. They've not studied on their own. Even if you don't have a teacher, you've got a Bible, don't you? And if you're saved, you've got the Holy Spirit. And can't you get access to books and study yourself? You can do that. You can be a disciple without somebody discipling you, but it's so much better when somebody starts teaching you. And by the way, as we're teaching folks, we learn it even better. The teacher learns more than the student does. Oh, yeah, discipling them is part of this commission, this Missions Emphasis Month. We must remember, win them, baptize them, teach them. I want us to think just a little while tonight, and I'm looking at the clock. Don't you all look. I'm looking. I'm going to keep one eye on that, one eye on this, one eye on that. i got four eyes to work with, okay? Number one, the concept of discipleship. I want us to think about this concept of discipleship. May I tell you, Jesus gave the concept. Go disciple them. Now look, this is a right concept. Jesus gave it, and so it is right. It is a right concept. The word disciple simply means pupil, student, learner, and in all sorts of vocations and so forth. We have apprentice schools and and we have teaching. Uh, teaching martial arts, teaching whatever, teaching how to play chess. There's discipleship programs that the world implements. Well, we that know the Lord, we, if we're going to stay true to this mission that God has on, we've got to disciple people. We have got to teach them. I I led a family at, at our church to Christ named Ruby and Becky. Ruby is his name. Becky is her name. I remember when she prayed to get saved, she said, Lord, I want you to save me. I'll be a preacher for you, I'll do any. She volunteered to be a woman preacher, you know what I'm saying? She she volunteered to do something. I'll tell you what, they came to church, they came to church, and then they fell out of church. Because even though I'm an evangelist, I call my pastor every week and I, if I've led someone to Christ, I'm, I'm taking attendance by the pastor. Hey, uh, Pastor Gray, was was Ruby and Becky there? They weren't there. I'll call them. I'd call, Ruby, man, I heard you were not at church this past Sunday. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, man, you know you need to get those two boys of yours in church. You know you need to bring your wife to church. Amen, everybody? Oh, yeah. Now, these years later, you know who our head usher is? Ruby. Yeah. When they had a flash flood in our area and they lost everything, our church took care of them. They, some members of our church said, just come live with us till we figure out what to do. That Sunday, after Becky had lost everything, somehow she had gotten her clothes from people or whatever. She had used a, a hair dryer to dry out some of her shoes from all the water they'd been in and she's up here singing in the choir. They came out to interview uh, Ruby on TV, live on TV. They said, Mr. Holloway, we understand you've lost everything and the government has condemned your house and uh, things are bad for you and you don't have flood uh, insurance coverage. And, uh, sir, just how is it? He said, everything's good. God is good. My church is good. The Lord is taking good. Sir, everything's bad for you, right? No, God is good. I mean, all I could say was, God is good. They didn't like the interview whatsoever. They wanted him to shake his fist at God and shake his fist at the government. All he could do is praise God. I used him to give a testimony at one of our God Bless America rallies. He said, I can't do that, I can't talk in front of people. I said, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll stand right beside you. And Ruby, just tell him how God saved you, and how God's teaching you from the Bible. And he got up here, and man, he got to go, and he got to preaching. I had to stop him, finally, I said, hey, I'm gonna help you wrap it up, man. (laughs) Thought you couldn't talk publicly for the Lord. He's become very outspoken for the Lord. But it's this discipleship. We had to get him in church. We had to get him in Sunday school. We had to get him involved. Uh, Him being challenged by the men of our church to read the Bible every single day. Should a man read the Bible every day? Should all all of our men read the Bible every single day? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) The wife needs to see you reading the Bible. The children need to see you reading the Bible. We're trying to be disciples ourselves, and along the way, we're trying to disciple others. And there's so much about this, this wonderful concept of discipleship uh, along the way that I, uh, Plato, he's called the father of philosophy. Man, he, he, uh, he got all of his stuff out. Listen, we've got to get our information out because it's the right concept. It's the right information, and it brings the right skills to yourself. Number one, the concept of discipleship. Number two, the process of discipleship. All right, it's quite a process. It's quite a process. Being a disciple of the Lord is quite a process. Let me, um, let me ask you something here. Uh, what's the timetable? Uh, what's the length of the discipleship program? You know, because at some churches, they have a four-week discipleship class. Other places, they have a six-week discipleship class. What really is the timetable? Does anybody know? It's lifelong. I heard somebody whispering it out there. It's lifelong. All lifelong. I told you I've been saved more than 50 years now. Tonight, on this Sunday night, I need to take my next step forward with Christ. You know what you need to do? You need to take your next step forward with Christ. If you're 80 years old tonight and been saved 65 years, you need to take your next step with the Lord. You know what happens? So often we go a little ways and we stop right there. Our growth is stunted. You know, a mouse is fully developed in six weeks, (laughs) but a Christian is not. You can grow a squash in just a few weeks. But a mature Christian takes lifelong to mature. And we just keep reading the Bible, we keep studying, and we get to know the Lord, not not just know the Lord, but know the Lord well. This process of discipleship, it is lifelong. And lifelong, we're bringing others along with us. Bobby Robertson, who was pastor so long here in our state, every time I preached with him someplace, As we'd talk, he'd be saying, Brother Brother Fox, let me me tell you what I just learned in the Bible. Here was 75, 80, 81, 82, and he said, Brother Brother Fox, let me me show you, let me me show you something here. Oh yeah, he never lost his enthusiasm for the things of God. He wanted to just keep going with the Lord. Clyde E. Bourne, who passed away in the last year, pastor in Newport, North Carolina, Pastor Tilly's 91. I last seven years of his ministry, he didn't do the preaching, his two assistants did all the preaching and so forth, but he'd make announcements and, and he was still involved right to the very end, to the very end. I was telling Brother Brian, when, when you'd go out to eat, <laughs> when you'd go out to eat with Pastor Eborn, uh, he sat at the table a little bit, but mostly he visited everybody at the other tables. You hear door-to-door soul winning, he went table-to-table soul winning. And everybody in his town knew he was a treasure. And even people who didn't love God at all, they loved Clyde Eborn somehow. They just respected that white hair of his and he'd been so good to his town and so good to everybody, they all would just stop and listen to him. And he'd get a little sermon in and he'd go to the next table. He's trying to disciple a whole town for Christ. Shouldn't we be trying to do that here in Hickory? This process of discipleship is just line upon line. It's submission to God. Come unto me. Come unto me and learn of me. It includes submission, this yoke that we put upon and and, uh, uh, this work that we're to do and this companionship with Christ. And then number three. Number three as far as this commission to discipleship. Number three, the progress. Can we make any progress? Is there any progress available? Everybody turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Everybody, 1 Corinthians. If you're listening, say amen. 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 Oh yeah, I do that once a service to make sure people are still with me. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter two. 1 Corinthians chapter two. some progress now as you're finding 1 Corinthians chapter 2 uh, if, if we're going to make progress ourselves as disciples then we need to hang around the right people we need to let the right people influence us and then we need to be the right influence on others we're looking to make progress And so, like, if you're going to be a good runner, run with somebody who's a little better than you. Uh, If you're uh, trying to become a great chess player, play someone who's a little better than you and work at it to make some progress. But look here, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, But the natural man, oh, wait a minute, the natural man, ah, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. This fellow's not making any progress. This natural man, why? Because he's not saved. That, in verse 14, that's the man we got to try to get to Jesus. He needs to get saved. The natural man, verse 14, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can, they, can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. It's stunning to me how lost people cannot get a grasp on simple precepts of the Bible. But it's because they're lost. And they're not a disciple. They haven't entered the discipleship program. The first step of the the discipleship program, hey, 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 first step is getting saved. (laughs) But now look at this, verse 15, but he that is spiritual, this mission we're on, we're trying to give some folk that will become mature believers. The spiritual man in verse 15, He that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Oh, no. Even as unto babes in Christ. This third point of this little sermon is progress. Okay, the babe in Christ in chapter three, verse one, are they Christians? Oh, yeah. They're not in the category of the natural man who's still lost, but they're babes in Christ. Now, now let's, let's think a second. This mission we're on, we're trying to win folk to Christ, okay. Do you know that every... Christian starts as a baby Christian. In your mind, think about, think right now about the most mature Christian you know. Think of someone who's a a very mature Christian, okay? They didn't start there. No, no. They started as baby Christians. All Christians start as baby Christians. You know, I. Two years ago, my son called me. My son called me two years ago and said, Dad, you're great. I said, well, thank you. He said, in fact, you're grand. I said, well, Micah, you've made my day. Thank you. He said, I'm telling you, you're just a grand dad. That's what you are. I said, well, Micah, wow, thank you. He said, I'm telling you, Dad, you are a grand dad. Dad, I said, wait a minute, are you telling me something? Yeah, after almost 10 years of he and Amy with no children, God had given them a child. Now her name is Ayla, and um, she's a year and a half old. She and I, the other day, we took a, almost a one-mile walk. Me and and little Ayla, we talked about cars, we jabbered about everything, we brought brought Goldilocks along with us, we'd give Goldilocks something to drink as we was going, and we was having a great time. Ayla, her name is Ayla. On the newest Bible stories for kids, there's a little girl in the story named Ayla. Yeah, I got my granddaughter in there. Now, she's a year and a half old. Let's say 18 years from now, Ayla's still this tall, and she can only jab her a little bit. You say, I'm, I'm sorry, something's wrong. So sorry. Right now you'd look at her and say, wow, she's cute. She's alive. I mean, she, she's a live wire. She is happy. She is a happy little girl. But 18 years from now, she needs to grow. She needs to mature. She needs to learn how to use language and so forth. Well, same thing with us, ourselves as disciples. Men, same thing with your family that you're trying, men, aren't you trying to disciple your family and bring your family along? Hey kids, I wanna share it with you, something I just read in the Bible. The kids need to hear that from dad. I learned so much about the Lord from my dad to this day with him 87 years old. I'm still learning from my dad about the Lord. He's still helping our whole family. My dad is still helping our whole family serve God. My dad is, he's finishing out strong. Oh, physically he's weak, but spiritually he's strong. Hallelujah. This mission we're on, we're to make some progress. Don't y'all wanna make some progress? We don't want to remain baby Christians. We don't want all of our new converts to remain baby Christians. We want them to grow and uh, become mature. Even this afternoon, this afternoon, I got on my phone a picture of one of my preacher boys. I saw him come down the aisle uh, and surrender to be a preacher. I preached his ordination. Now he's out in Kentucky today. And uh, they texted me and said, what a great service we had with this young man. That's thrilling to see the young man. The young man, I, I remember when we was just a kid and the loudest snoring boy in my room I've ever experienced. Man, I said, Adam, I've got to go to sleep first. Because if, if you go to sleep first, I'll never go to sleep, you know. <laughs> I've had a chance to take all these different boys through the years along with me, carry. Carrie is such a good evangelist. Adam, a good evangelist. I can just tell you boy after boy after boy that I've just seen growing in grace and in power and stature. As a, as a, look, we want to make progress. We want to see progress. We want all of our people to become spiritual and not this one. Look, look again in verse one. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto carnal. God is not pleased with worldliness. God is not pleased with his people just living contrary to the clear teachings of the Bible. Amen. We're in this discipleship program. I've had to gently rebuke some people. Everybody stand with me, please. I've had to gently rebuke some people one lady came, stood right by the the pulpit. She came and stood right here by the pulpit. I've been to her church many times, and I was getting ready. I was getting ready for the service. I was making sure I had all my notes ready, and I, I mean, I'm preparing things and, and moving things around. She came and she said to me, "Brother Fox, will you pray about my besetting sin again?" I said, "No." I said, in fact, I'm never praying about that again. You know what you're doing is wrong. And what you need to do, ma'am, is stop it. She went back stunned. And can I tell you, I was pretty stunned too. It didn't sound like me. I felt so led of God to say that to her. She was a little upset with me. Later, I got a letter from her thanking me for having the courage to rebuke. We all need rebuking, don't we, when we're not doing right? Do you want the Holy Spirit to rep- reprove you? Do you want to have some conviction from the Holy Ghost? Look, when we fall under conviction, that's just further proof that God loves us. He wants us to do what's Right? Are you under conviction about something tonight? If you're not saved, I know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If you are not saved, the Holy Spirit is saying, you need to come to Christ. You need to come to Jesus. If you're backslidden, I know what the Holy Ghost is saying, come back, come back. If you are discouraged in your walk with God, If you've been a little complacent in your walk with God, the Lord has said, come on, follow me. I will lead you on. What do we need to commit to at this invitation? Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com.